0: Lesson four of the elements of herpetology and ichthyology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lesson four. Order of Batrachia. Organization. Classification. Family of Honora, Metamorphosis of Tadpoles. Habits. Frogs. Tree Frogs. Toads. Pipa. Family of Urodala. Salamanders or water newts, family of Branchifera, axolotl, minobranchus, proteus, siren, family of Apoda, Cecilia. Order of batrachians: The name batrachian, from the Greek batrachos, frog, is given to all reptiles that resemble frogs in their mode of organization. This fourth and last division of the class of reptiles brings us into the neighborhood of the fishes. For it is composed of the animals that, during the early period of their life, respire by branchiae, and resemble fishes in their habits and form as well as in their mode of organization, but which, with the advance of age, undergo a true metamorphosis and acquire characters common to other reptiles. When in this transitory state, they are called tadpoles. The branchiae of young batrachians are placed upon the sides of the neck and are sustained by the lateral prolongations of a cartilage which represents the hyoides. Sometimes they are in the form of external feathery tufts, which float in the water. At others they consist of filaments fixed along the hyoid branches, just mentioned, and covered by the integuments. In proportion as the lungs become developed, in general, the bronchiae wither and at last entirely disappear. But this is not always the case, and in some reptiles they remain throughout life, conjointly with the lungs. The apparatus of the circulation undergoes changes corresponding to those experienced by the organs of respiration. The heart of Batrachians, like that of most reptiles, is composed of two auricles, and a single ventricle, from which arises a great artery. At its base this artery is swelled into a contractile bulb, and soon after bifurcates. When the animal breathes by branchiae alone, the blood, forced by the ventricle, is distributed to these organs, from which the greater part of it goes to the dorsal artery, the branches of which ramify in the various organs. In fishes, this liquid follows the same course. But when the lungs are developed, the disposition of the circulatory apparatus changes. There is established a direct communication between the vessels which carry the blood to the branchiae and those that receive it from those organs so that it is not necessary for this liquid to pass through the respiratory apparatus to reach the dorsal artery and through it the different parts of the body. The artery which arises from the ventricle and which could be compared at first to a bronchial artery then becomes the origin of the dorsal vessel and with it constitutes a true aorta, certain branches of which that go to the lungs are developed at the same time and establish a pulmonary circulation. Finally, the bronchial vessels are obliterated, and then the circulation is carried on nearly in the same manner as it is in other reptiles. The venous blood, returning from all parts of the body, is poured into the ventricle by one of the auricles, and there mixed with the arterial blood coming from the lungs and poured into the same ventricle by the other auricle. This mixture enters the aorta, a small portion goes to the lungs, but the largest part is distributed to the different organs of the animal. The skeleton of Petrachians presents remarkable peculiarities. In general, the ribs are entirely wanting, or are merely rudimentary, for which reason pulmonary respiration cannot be carried on by the ordinary mechanism. And, in fact, the animal introduces air into its lungs by a species of deglutition. It is to be observed also that the skin of these reptiles is not covered with scales like those of Saurians, Ophidians, and most chelonians, but is naked. Almost all Batrachians are without nails. Their eggs are enveloped only in a gelatinous mass, which swells very much in water, and they are not generally fecundated until after they are laid. This order is divided into four families, namely, first, the Anora, which in their perfect state have no tail and do not preserve their branchiae and are provided with four extremities. Second, the Urodella, which also lose their branchiae and acquire extremities but preserve the tail. Third, the branchifera, which always preserve their branchiae, they resemble those Urodella in which development had been arrested, while yet in the tadpole state. Fourth, the Apoda or cecelia, which also lose their branchiae, but never acquire extremities. Until lately, they were classed amongst the Ophidians, under the name of naked serpents or nuda. Family of Anora. This family is composed of frogs, toads, and some other reptiles having nearly the same form. In them, the metamorphosis is more complete than in all other animals of this order. When a young tadpole first leaves the egg, it resembles a little fish and can live only in water. Its head is very large, its belly protuberant, and its body, unprovided with extremities, is terminated by a compressed tail, which afterwards becomes elongated and much raised. Its mouth is still a small, scarcely perceptible hole, and its branchiae consists only of a tubercle placed on each side of the posterior part of the head. These appendages very soon become lengthened and are divided into shreds. The eyes are perceptible through the skin, and a transverse slit appears under the neck, so as to form a sort of membranous operculum. A little later, the bronchiae become ramified, and the lips are covered by a sort of horny beak, by the aid of which the animal fixes itself to vegetables that form its chief food. But this state does not last long. At the end of a few days, the bronchial fringes, which float on each side of the neck disappear, and respiration is carried on by the assistance of small vascular tufts placed along four cartilaginous arches situate under the throat and pertaining to the hyoid bone. A membranous tunic covered by the skin envelops these internal branchiae, to which the water arrives by the mouth, passing through the intervals of the arches of the hyoid bone. Finally, after having laved these organs, this liquid escapes by one or two external slits, the situation of which varies a little according to the species. The respiratory apparatus then, as we have said above, exactly resembles that of fishes. Sometime afterwards, the posterior extremities of the tadpole show themselves, and are developed little by little. They attain considerable length before the anterior extremities are perceived. The latter are developed beneath the skin, which they penetrate at a later period. About the same time, the horny beak falls off, leaving the jaws unencumbered. The tail begins to waste away, the lungs are developed, and in proportion as these organs become more exclusively the seat of respiration, the branchiae fade and disappear. The cartilaginous arches which supported them are also in part absorbed, and finally the tail entirely disappears. The little animal assumes the form which it preserves through life, and completely changes its regimen. From being at first herbivorous, it gradually becomes exclusively carnivorous, and in proportion as this metamorphosis advances, the intestinal canal, from being long, slender, and spirally folded, becomes short, almost straight and swelled, to form the stomach and colon. The period of these changes varies from about four to eight weeks, according to the species, and it has been ascertained that different circumstances may considerably hasten or retard the complete metamorphosis of the young animal. A deficiency of heat and light very much prolongs the duration of the tadpole state. Having reached their perfect state, the Anora cease to be aquatic animals, but most of them continue to live in the neighborhood of water and dive frequently in it. They cannot remain during the warm season constantly in the water, even though they come freely to the surface to breathe the air. pulmonary respiration is not then sufficient for them, and they require the action of the air on the skin. In winter, however, this cutaneous respiration is not only sufficient to sustain life, but they can remain several months in the water without coming into the air. All these reptiles have a thick-set body, a flat head, the muzzle more or less rounded, a very wide mouth, short forefeet terminated by four toes, and the hind feet are longer and sometimes possess the rudiment of a sixth toe. Their eyes are ordinarily furnished with three lids, but sink into the head on slight pressure, because the orbits are separated from the mouth only by membranes. A cartilaginous plate occupies the place of a tympanum and causes the ear to show externally. The tongue is generally soft, and contrary to what we see in most mammals, it is fixed to the edge of the jaw only by its anterior extremity, so that it can be folded backwards or turned out of the mouth. Finally, the skeleton of these reptiles is entirely unprovided with ribs, and the inspiration of air can be effected only by a movement analogous to that of deglutition in which the animal dilates the throat to fill it with air, Then, closing the posterior nostrils with the tongue, contracts the muscles of the swallow and forces this fluid to enter the lungs. To throw one of these animals into a state of asphyxia, it is only necessary to keep the mouth open for a certain time. The frogs, rhina, have the body more tapering than other anora. The hind feet are very long, very strong, and more or less palmate, which enables them to swim and leap well. The skin is smooth and the males have on each side of the neck, beneath the ears, a thin membrane which becomes inflated when they croak. They are distinguishable from toads by a row of very fine, small teeth all around the upper jaw. These reptiles ordinarily keep on the banks of ponds and rivulets, and precipitate themselves into the water on the slightest danger. They feed only on living prey and eat the larvae of aquatic insects, worms, small mollusks, and flies. In winter they bury themselves in the mud or in holes and do not eat. We give the name of tree frogs, Hyla, to Batrachians which do not differ much from frogs, except that the extremity of each one of the toes is enlarged and rounded into a sort of viscous pellet or ball that enables them to adhere to bodies upon which they climb and to ascend trees. Endowed with great suppleness and agility, tree frogs travel very lightly on the most flexible branches. During the whole summer they live, in this manner, on trees pursuing insects, but in winter they retire to the bottom of the water like frogs, do not return again to the humid woods in the spring, till after they have deposited their eggs. The common tree frog, Rana arborea, is an apple green above and pale beneath, with a black and yellow line along each side of the body. The Toads, Bufo have a thick-set body covered with warts or papillae, from which exudes a viscid humour. On each side of the neck there is a large projecting gland, called parotid, full of pores which secretes an acrid humour. Their hind legs are not so much elongated as those of frogs, and they leap badly. In general they creep rather than walk, and when surprised, instead of taking to flight, they stop suddenly and inflate the body so as to render it hard and elastic, and cause the skin to pour out a white humor. Sometimes they endeavor to defend themselves by biting, but their mouth is unprovided with teeth, and their bite is not venomous, as is generally supposed in the country. These hideous and disgusting reptiles ordinarily conceal themselves in shady, humid places from which they do not go out, except at night, or immediately after the warm and abundant rains of summer. Like frogs, they feed on small mollusks, worms, and living insects, but they are more terrestrial in their habits. They betake themselves in summer only to pools and streams where the females resort to deposit their eggs. In countries where the winter is cold, they pass the season benumbed in holes. Their respiration then becomes extremely limited, and the contact of a very small quantity of air with the skin is sufficient to maintain their existence. When placed in situations where ordinary evaporation is very inconsiderable, they can live in this way for a very long time. This explains how it is that toads, which have been enclosed in plaster or shut up in holes excavated in stones, are often found alive after being many months in confinement. Curious experiments have been made with a view of ascertaining the fact, which had been often observed but generally treated as fabulous by naturalists, of the existence of living toads in walls, in hollow trees, and even in the interior of rocks, where they had probably remained for years without being able to escape. Laborers who work in quarries have often met similar instances, on breaking blocks of stone, and they pretend that the toad is found enclosed in the stone on all sides, as in a solid mold, which would lead us to suppose that it had formed around the body, and that the seclusion of the reptile dated from a very remote antiquity, but this opinion is inadmissible, and everything leads us to believe that in such cases the retreat of the toad communicates externally by some hole which had been accidentally closed or had escaped observation. The pipas are still more hideous than the toads. Their bodies more flattened, the head triangular, their eyes very small, their hind legs short, and their anterior toes split at the end into three or four small points. The tongue is entirely wanting. The species best known, which inhabits the warm and humid parts of South America, is celebrated on account of the manner in which its young are developed. The male places the eggs on the back of the female, who immediately takes to the water, where the skin, irritated by the contact of these bodies, swells and forms cells in which the young are hatched, and remain until they have completed their metamorphosis. Then the mother returns to land. Family of Eurodella. The metamorphosis of Batrachians of this family is less complete. For in the perfect state they still preserve the long tail, which in the preceding family only exists in the tadpole. At the time of escaping from the egg, they are without feet, and respire by bronchiae, which are in the form of tufts, and three in number. They are placed on each side of the neck, and float externally. As in the Anura, their extremities appear successively but the forefeet make their appearance before the posterior, and, to complete the transformation of the tadpole, the lungs are developed and the branchiae disappear. In the adult state, these animals have nearly the same form as lizards, but their head is flattened, and we do not perceive the tympanum externally. Both jaws and the palate are armed with small teeth. Their tongue is placed as it is in frogs. The skeleton has rudimentary ribs, and the number of their toes is four in front, and almost always five behind. Some authors designate these animals under the name of salamanders. Tritons, or aquatic salamanders, are the most common Batrachians of the family of Urodella. They always preserve a laterally compressed tail, and pass nearly all their time in the water. The most remarkable faculty possessed by these reptiles is the astonishing facility with which they repair any mutilation to which they may be subjected. They not only replace the tail after it has been cut off, as is the case also with lizards, but their extremities are reproduced in the same manner. The same extremity, after having been cut off, has been reproduced entire with its bones, its muscles, its vessels and nerves, several times in succession. And we are even assured that, in one experiment, the eye, after having been extirpated, was reproduced in the space of a year. Several species are found in the neighborhood of Paris. Sometimes the tadpoles become very large before losing their branchiae. A fossil found in the schists of Ennegan, and belonging to a large species of salamander, has excited a good deal of interest, because from a singular error, it was for a long time regarded as the skeleton of a fossil man. Salamanders, properly so called, or terrestrial salamanders in the perfect state, have a round tail and only remain in the water during their tadpole existence, or when they lay. Their eggs are hatched before they are laid, and the young at first have a compressed tail like ordinary tadpoles. They lose the tail and finish their metamorphosis very promptly. In the perfect state they inhabit shady, humid situations. They are ordinarily found under stones or in subterraneous holes. It was for a long time believed that salamanders had the power of resisting the action of fire, but this fable was without foundation, except perhaps that when the reptile is irritated, it sweats a milky humor. This humor appears to be poisonous to feeble animals, but the salamander is not as is supposed among certain country people an injurious animal. There has been discovered in America, a large batrachian of the precise form of the salamander that has an orifice on each side of the neck, but which it is supposed never has branchiae. It is probable, however, that these organs do exist in the first periods of life, but disappear at an early date, as is the case in the terrestrial salamander. These reptiles, which form the genus Monopoma, inhabit the great lakes and rivers in the interior of South America. The amphiuma, which inhabit the same continent, possess the same mode of organization, but their body is excessively elongated, and their extremities are but little developed. The number of their toes varies from two to three according to the species. Family of Branchifera This family is composed of Batrachians that always preserve their bronchiae and resemble the tadpoles of Batrachians of the family of Urodella. They have been regarded for a long time as being, in fact, the young of some large species of salamander. But now there is no doubt of their being perfect animals. And what is very remarkable, that possessing well-developed bronchiae, they also have lungs and are consequently completely amphibious. These bronchiae, which are placed in the ordinary situation, have the form of tufts more or less ramified and float externally in the water. Their lungs are sometimes provided with a vascular network as well-developed as in any reptile, while in others their structure is very simple. The body of these animals terminates in a long vertical tail, and their extremities are but little developed, and often are partly wanting. Four genera are known namely, the axolotus, the menobronchus, the proteus, and the siren. The axolotls, axolotus, in every respect resemble the tadpoles of salamanders that have acquired their forepaws. Only a single species has yet been discovered. The axolotl of the Mexicans, Siren Piscaformis, which inhabits the lake in the midst of which stands the city of Mexico. The menobronchus also have four feet, but instead of having four toes before and five behind, they have only four throughout. The proteans... Proteus, have but three toes in front and two behind. The only species known, Proteus anguinus, more than a foot long and only as thick as the forefinger, is found in the subterraneous waters of some of the caverns of Carniole. Its skin is smooth and whitish, its muzzle is elongated and depressed, and its eyes are exceedingly small and concealed beneath the integuments the sirens have anterior extremities only and in the elongated form of their body resemble eels three species are known one of which attains 3 feet in length and inhabits the marshes of carolina family of apoda the apoda or cecilia as we have already stated are entirely without extremities and until lately have been regarded as serpents But it has been ascertained that in early life they have bronchiae which show themselves through a hole on each side of the neck in the adult animal we find even the arches of the hyoid bone which serve to sustain these organs the body is very nearly cylindrical the skin is smooth and transversely furrowed by annular wrinkles at first sight it appears to be entirely naked But on dissection, we find in its thickness rows of small and extremely thin scales, situate in these wrinkles. The eyes, which are very small, are concealed beneath the common integuments, and sometimes they are entirely wanting. These animals are completely apodous, that is, without feet, and their skeleton, like that of serpents, has two long rows of ribs, but these bones are much too short to surround the trunk. And on the other hand, we remark, in the mode of articulation of the vertebrae, and in the disposition of their jaws, many characters which approximate them to the latter batrachians. These reptiles which establish a passage between the batrachians and ophidians inhabit humid and shady places, dig holes in the ground, and seem to feed on vegetable substances as well as on worms and small insects. They are found in South America. The class of fishes comes next in order. End of lesson four.